In older science fiction stories, they had to rely on storytelling as opposed to spectacle. The old run of the Twilight Zone, the star was the writing and the storytelling, and the characters and the twists and the cleverness in the setup and payoff and execution. Josh Trank. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots. I'm Lee Hull. And I'm Lee S's. Today we are talking about the dreaded one impossible thing. The novel red flag being having more than one impossible thing. Now, like our opener said, it's really important to do even impossible storytelling well. Otherwise, it can get very convoluted and you stretch what you're asking from your audience. Some of you may be confused by this idea of what one impossible thing really means. We're going to get into what it isn't, but in general, if you're writing a fantasy or a sci-fi, yes, you are going to include a lot of impossible things. But the idea is that there is a cornerstone one impossible thing that you build every other impossible thing out of. I have a low tolerance, very low tolerance for books that break this one impossible thing. I absolutely love magic. I love fantasy. I love impossible things in stories. But I can always tell when you're including elements that don't fit the rest of it. So my tolerance level is basically 3 out of 10. 10 out of 10 will make it a spite read for me. Because I will probably keep reading it, but I will get so angry at it. I'll put myself at around a 4 out of 10. I am likely to trust the author if they are similar in nature. Like, there are vampires and werewolves, and eventually we find out what that cornerstone is. But it still stretches and asks a lot of the audience, so I'm going to keep it definitely below a five. I will say that number increases if it's later on in the series. So if in book one you introduce me to magic, and then book two you introduce me to fairies, and then book three you introduce me to werewolves, that's okay, because there's only one new impossible thing in each book in the series. So what is this idea of having more than one impossible thing? It's getting readers to buy into too many new ideas, too many things that don't mix together in what readers are familiar with for storytelling. Marvel really pushes the boundaries on this idea because you have superpowers. And then they introduced a talking duck. And they introduced aliens, and they introduced that gods are aliens, and then they introduced all these other things that eventually you kind of start getting into the weeds of, okay, what's really happening in the world? Now, this more than one impossible thing can also apply to a character as well as a world. We call those the Mary Sue. They are the ones who are impossibly good at everything all the time, impossibly well-liked, and blah, blah, blah. You're sending too many impossible things at us, the reader, for us to accept that character as real for the duration of the story. I recently started a book, and I will take some of the blame on this one because I should have read a little bit more about the premise of it. But the beginning of the story really threw me. So as I was reading, I was thinking this main character based on the prologue was supposed to be like a normal mundane person within the world. 
But then they were talking about having like an extra eye. And I was thinking this was okay, wait, this is a fantasy. I didn't think this was sci-fi with aliens. So, okay, that's weird. And then she could liquefy her body. And I'm like, wait, what? That, okay, that's a weird one. I just got very confused until I realized, oh, this is a continuation of the prologue. We're talking about the moon goddess here. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. I'm a little bit more accepting of this. So when it comes to the genre that you're writing in, you generally have to understand the accepted practices. Because I was going into this book thinking that it was a fantasy, but I was suddenly being introduced to a lot of ideas that are way more common in sci-fi, I was absolutely thrown and confused. I was trying to get my brain to accept this different paradigm that I had not expected. And it made me immediately dislike the book. I feel like we've been pretty clear about what it is to have more than one impossible thing and why this is a negative. But there are some things that could feel like that more than one impossible thing that aren't really. The first thing I'm going to point out is when you're adapting a genre, you're taking this genre and making it your own. Something like the swords and sorcery. We can have elves and dwarves and magic. All of these things are fairly common in this particular genre. Your audience is familiar enough with these things that it's okay to have them included as not impossible things because your audience already understands. If you have two kind of opposing ideas that don't usually go together, that is when you need to explain. That is when you need to give it a reason to exist together. And usually that comes in the form of they interact in some way. So if you have magic and technology, they need to influence each other in some kind of way. They need to have magic-fueled technology or technology that discovers magic or whatever. It can be existing in the same story so long as you are able to give a reason to why. But if it's already part of the genre that you're writing in, you don't need to explain it. You don't need to explain why there are aliens in a sci-fi. It's part of sci-fi. You might have to explain why there aren't aliens in your space travel sci-fi, or at least address it in some way. But because it's accepted and standard for the genre, you're not asking a lot from your readers in saying that there are aliens as well. Another thing, like I mentioned at the beginning, world building is not having more than one impossible thing. When you are world building, you start with a core concept, a core idea. I usually start with a magic system, a cool idea for a single spell that I want to have in a book. And then from there, I expand outwards and I build the rest of the world. I build the rest of the magic system on this one single cornerstone idea. So the book that I'm currently writing, The Fantasy, I started with the idea that I wanted to have a necromancer. From there, I wanted to have the necromancer idea come a little bit more from Eastern animism ideas rather than Western ideas of animation. So I looked into Eastern cultural beliefs, religious beliefs, and then built outward from Necromancer to a five-type magic system, and then from there built a religion, and then from there built a culture, and then from there built the rest of the world. 
it all started because I wanted to have a necromancer, that one impossible thing. Everything else impossible in my story comes from that one thing. And another thing that this red flag is not is a plot twist. Don't tell us more than a third of the way through the story how any of this works. Well, here's another concept we're going to introduce at the very last second, and ta-da! Problem solved! It's so easy to drop into that deus ex machina when you're not building to that solution in your story. So don't try to make that one impossible thing your plot twist. Those impossible things need to be introduced at the beginning of your book, or at least the foundation for it. A lot of times in a fantasy story, there will be a discovery of a certain spell or a certain thing in magic that will help them defeat the bad guy. But the foundation for the idea behind that needs to be established very early on in the story. It needs to be established that it can exist. And of course, there's a reason why we're saying that having more than one impossible thing is a red flag. It's a huge ask from your reader to keep track of several different things. One thing is a new paradigm. It's interesting. There's lots to explore in the one thing. You don't really need more than one thing. When you have all of these cool, shiny ideas that don't quite mesh together, it gives very much a feeling that you aren't prioritizing the story, you're prioritizing the world and the cool things in it. As much as I love world building, it is my precious baby and I do way too much of it, but it is not a story. World building does not make a plot. Having all of these cool, shiny ideas takes away from the point of a story, and that's the story. So how do we avoid these or fix these is to make sure you focus on the humanity of your story. Because all of this cool stuff is happening, and we like seeing the spectacle, but if it's not focused on the story itself, that's all it is, spectacle. We're not connecting to your story. If you have all of these bright, shiny ideas, make each cornerstone impossible thing a different book. Tuck it aside for right now, go back to it later, and let it be its own story. Let it be its own world so that you can expand fully on that idea. If you feel like you have this happening, the heartbreaking solution is simply to find out which one is most relevant to your story and eliminate the rest. Again, set it aside for another book, but if we never visit and we don't have to figure out how that works with our special magic system, cut it out. Save that for book two. Don't let this deter you from exploring the fantasy. I absolutely love fantasy. I love to see it. I love to see the magic. I love seeing impossible things. But those impossible things need to make sense when they're put together if they're going to be in the same book. I would actually 100% encourage you to include a single thing in your story that is impossible. It doesn't have to be a sci-fi or fantasy novel for it to happen but some element that makes your story unique and interesting. Take that, use that as a cornerstone, and lean into it, because that excitement for your story is going to translate to the page, especially when you write selfishly. 
If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing. <laughs>